You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Carr. Before we get to today's show, a reminder to join Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor Sycamore and Benjamin Solak for recap and analysis of the 2021 NFL Draft. Look ahead to next year's future first-round picks. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today is Tuesday, June 29th, and the Pacific Northwest is at war with the sun. Holy moly, is it hot outside. I hope if you're in the area, you're doing your best to survive this weather. Welcome back to Locked on Zags after our longest hiatus ever. I think it's been, what, five days now? I hope you guys didn't miss it too much. Today on the show, we are updating you on summer tournaments as the FIBA U19 World Cup and the Olympic qualifying rosters have pretty much all been set by now. So we're going to go through uh, all the past and current Zags involved with those Kind of give you the whole schedule of when to watch if you want to watch those games. We're going to finish the show today talking about some NBA draft stuff. And this whole week is going to be filled with NBA draft content. Tomorrow on the show is a conversation with Locked On Raptors host Sean Woodley as Jalen Suggs looks like he could be heading to Toronto in the NBA draft. And then our five-star Friday guest this week is going to be Jackson Frank, former Gonzaga rider for The Athletic who now covers the NBA. So there's your schedule for this week. Before we get to the summer tournament rundown today, here are some news and notes from the weekend. For those who love jersey numbers, I know there's a lot of jersey number people out there, Caden Perry, Hunter Salas, they both made their selections. Hunter Salas is going to be number 10, and he is taking number 10 from the departed Pavel Zakharov. Before that, it was Brian Alberts, Guy Landrietti, Grant Gibbs, Jesse Wade, all those guys rock number 10. But of course, the best number 10 in school history is Blake Stepp. And Blake Stepp is some pretty good company for one of Gonzaga's freshman sensations. Another one of those freshmen is Caden Perry, and he's going to wear the number 20. The number 20 has basically only been given to walk-ons for most of the last decade. The last scholarship player to wear number 20 was Elias Harris all the way back in 2013. And if you go way back in time, Kyle Bankhead also wore number 20. So Caden Perry joining the ranks of the uh, number 20 jersey wearers. So there's your jersey update for the day. Caden Perry, number 20. Hunter Salas, number 10. Some recruiting news to pay attention to during the summer. It appears that the name that's picking up more and more steam in the class of 2022 is Anthony Black. He is a uh, 6'7 combo guard slash wing from the Texas area. And uh, he is really, according to the uh, 24-7 sports scouting report, big playmaking guard, excellent in transition, and can play and guard all three perimeter positions. He's also a three-sport athlete who is a wide receiver and also does the high jump and triple jump in track and field. So a very versatile athlete. And his father is Terry Black, who was a former Baylor basketball standout. So that is the name that I would keep an eye on, Anthony Black. He is a top 75 guard or top 75 recruit nationally. Like I said, he's a combo guard out of Texas. In terms of 2023, Jeremy Fears, I think, is still the number one target. But Jazz Gardner, he released the top 12 list that Gonzaga's on, which means very little because 12 teams is just way too many to still be involved to take anything away from that. 
but then there's J.J. Taylor, and I think J.J. Taylor is going to be another name to watch here. He's a guard from Illinois, uh, and Roger Powell has a lot of really strong ties to that area. So he's a top 10 overall prospect, and he's going to be recruited by pretty much every big blue bud in the sport. Uh, so it's going to be a tough battle to win, especially with these new NIL laws coming into effect soon. But I still would keep an eye out on that name just because of the area that he's from and Roger Powell's connections to that spot. Nobody quite knows yet how recruiting is going to change with these new uh, NIL things that are about to take uh, effect. And speaking of which, the NCAA came out on Monday and said they're going to be making a ruling on name, image, and likeness this week because individual state bills go into effect July 1st, which is, uh, what, Friday? What, Thursday, Friday of this week? So the NCAA obviously wants to get a more level playing field for everybody. So essentially what they're doing is they're just going to back off restrictions. So if a player wants to go make money on endorsements or autograph signings or whatever it may be, the NCAA is essentially just going to ignore it and not you know, reprimand the school or uh, the athlete. So the one rule here is that the school still cannot pay athletes anything, which will always be the rule. Athletes cannot be employees of the school itself, but athletes should be able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness through whatever other kind of endorsement deals they want, and that's pretty much going to happen uh, in one way or another starting next week. And as we talked about last week on the show, Gonzaga has implemented a new program called Next Level that is going to help guide all of their student athletes through this brand new unchartered territory. One fairly substantial WCC piece of news is that the Portland Pilots got a commitment from Fordham transfer Chris Austin. Chris Austin battled injuries his first two years at Fordham, but this past season he led the team in scoring with 11 and a half a game. He's a 6'4 guard originally from Pasadena, California, and in all likelihood he's going to become Portland's best player right away. I think any guy that averages double figures in the Atlantic 10 is a really solid basketball player. Uh, but the, the, the weird thing here is that because of a medical redshirt after an injury and a free COVID year, technically this kid has three seasons of eligibility left. So this could be the huge cornerstone piece that Shante Leggins can kind of build around to get this program off the ground. Last thing here that I want to mention is the MLB draft takes place in 12 days. And I've been searching for as many top 500 prospect lists, lists as I can find. And the only Gonzaga player I've seen on any of these lists is Ernie Yake. Alec Jacob, Brett Harris, and Ernie Yake are all going to get drafted in a couple of weeks. And I am obviously not anything close to an MLB draft expert. But I've seen these three guys play in Spokane the last couple of years. And I would absolutely be comfortable taking any of these guys in the first 15 rounds of the draft without question. So we'll see what happens. But in my opinion, not having any of them in the top 500 prospect lists seems a little bit disrespectful. Okay, coming up, we are going to be talking about summer tournaments. Two former Zags are actually in action this morning. And if you're listening to this before 10 a.m. Pacific time or so, you still have a chance to watch them. So we'll talk about that. And we'll also update you on kind of this weird Julian Strother situation with Puerto Rico. And then we're also going to talk about a Gonzaga legend who not many people may know is playing this summer. Before we get to that, today's episode is being sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The San Francisco Giants have the best record in baseball. Shout out to the Giants. The NBA is in the conference finals. The NHL is in the Stanley Cup finals. It's the perfect time to get in on the fun. You can track all the action at Bet Online. 
Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and of course, all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to a championship. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code Locked On. Okay, typically July is a pretty boring month in the college basketball offseason, but this July has a lot of action with the FIBA U19 tournament, the Olympics, and then also the basketball tournament. All of those are taking place. And, of course, like I've said, several current and former Gonzaga Bulldogs are participating in these events. So, let's give you a rundown of who's playing, where they're playing, when they're playing, and then uh, just kind of a recap of those who missed out on their respective teams for whatever reason. Let's start with those guys who are playing. And number one is DeMontis Sabonis. He's playing for the Lithuanian national team. He is... Uh, hoping to represent his home country of Lithuania, obviously, in the Olympics next month. But first, they have to qualify for the Olympics. They're part of a six-team play-in tournament that is actually hosted in Lithuania over the next seven days. And they're playing today at 9.30 a.m. Pacific against Venezuela. They're also playing South Korea uh, on July 1st. And then the semifinals and the championship take place on July 3rd and July 4th. If Lithuania wins this play in tournament they will be in the same pool play region as japan in the olympics next month so a lithuania win in this play in tournament will guarantee a demonta simonis versus rui hachimura matchup on the international stage at the olympics which would be awesome rui hachimura and japanese national team they are the host team in the olympics japan um, and they have already qualified for the olympics because they are the host uh, and so Rui, he's going to get to face some of the best competition in the world because Japan is in the same stage, or in the same group, I should say, as Spain and Argentina, who are two of probably the top five teams in the world and historically have fared very, very well in the Olympics. So Japan faces a very, very daunting task. And if Lithuania ends up being the fourth team in that group, uh, Lithuania nationally, if you look at the FIBA rankings, is ranked just inside the top 10 as well. So uh, you know, I think sometimes in soccer they talk about the group of death. I think this would be the group of death in the Olympics. It's going to be, without a doubt, the best group in the pool play round. They have their first game July 26th, and they are going to be playing Spain in that first game July 26th, and it's going to be at 5 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, but the other two games, I don't know if you guys really want to watch at 5 a.m. Pacific, but uh, the two other games that they play are going to be at 9.40 p.m. Pacific, so you will be able to watch Rui at nighttime before you go to bed a couple times during the Olympics. Chet Holmgren, he officially made the U19 FIBA World Cup United States team. He's one of six incoming freshmen to make the team along with uh, a half dozen rising sophomores. So six freshmen, six college sophomores making up the 12-team roster. Um, They're going to be the favorites to win the tournament just like they did in 2019. Uh, The team left for Latvia on Monday afternoon and uh, the, the way that the event works is there's 16 participating countries. They're broken into four groups of four. Uh, so they'll play three pool play games. And then the top two teams in each of those four groups will go on to play in the, the kind of the winner's bracket with a chance to uh, uh, place for a medal. All of the FIBA 
World Cup games are streamed on YouTube. If you go to the FIBA homepage, uh, just Google, you know, FIBA U19 World Cup, uh, you can click on uh, that homepage and it'll link you to all the YouTube live streams as they happen. U.S. is going to take on Turkey, Mali, and Australia in their three pool play games. And all of those games are at a reasonable time. Uh, the game against Turkey on July 3rd, which is this weekend, that's at 7.30 a.m. Pacific. They'll take on Mali on 4th of July at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. And then again at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, July 6th against Australia. Philip Petrushev, he is fresh off of his MVP season overseas. So he's going to be playing for his home country of Serbia as he kind of awaits his fate in the NBA draft. He has not traveled back to the United States quite yet. And like Lithuania, Serbia is still looking to qualify for the Olympics by playing in a last chance play-in tournament this week. And also like Lithuania, Serbia is the host of this tournament. So that bodes pretty well for their chances. And with a win in this tournament, Serbia will be in a pool play group with Australia, who's also one of the better teams in the world. So Serbia playing today, 11.15 a.m. Pacific. If you're interested in watching Filip Petrushev play for Serbia, looking to get into the Olympics, they're playing today, 11.15 a.m. Pacific against the Dominican Republic. They'll play again tomorrow against the Philippines, also at 11.15 a.m. Pacific. And then the semifinals and the championship are on July 3rd and July 4th, just like DeMontis and Lithuania. Josh Perkins, he is playing in the basketball tournament. And for those who haven't really paid attention to what the basketball tournament is, it's been a 64-team winner-take-all tournament. It's been going on every summer now for uh, pretty close to a decade or so. Last year, Josh Perkins was supposed to be in the tournament playing for the Jimmy V team. But unfortunately, in the bubble, one of their players or uh, staff members, whatever it was, tested positive for COVID-19. So the team had to leave the bubble and was disqualified from the tournament like the day before they had to play their first game. But they're back this year, and hopefully COVID doesn't get in the way this time. And Perkins is going to be on that same Jimmy V team. They're taking on Brotherly Love, which is a team of Bradley University alumni. Patrick O'Brien, the former first-round pick of the Golden State Warriors way back in the day, uh, he's going to be on that team. And so uh, they're playing July 25th. So if you're interested in watching Josh Perkins play a little bit of basketball this summer, July 25th, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, the basketball tournament will be on ESPN3 if you'd like to watch that. And then the last guy who's actually playing in a tournament is Umar Balo. Uh, I know he's not a Gonzaga player anymore, but it, it's going to be interesting because he's playing for Mali in the U19 FIBA World Cup, just like he did two years ago where they made a historic run all the way to that title game for the first time ever. And they faced off against the United States. And those two teams are going to play again on the 4th of July, which means we are going to see Chet Holmgren face off against Umar Balo. Likely they aren't going to guard each other in the game because the United States have has different post players that will guard Balo in all likelihood, and Balo's not going to be able to ke- uh, keep up with Chet on the perimeter. But it will still be interesting to see Balo and kind of see how his development has been over the last several months as he looks to carve out a role at Arizona with Tommy Lloyd. All right, a couple players that didn't make their respective teams. Number one is Andrew Nemhard. He was the final cut on Canada's senior men's team. He spent several days in Canada trying trying out for the Olympic qualifying roster, but he was the final player left off of that 12-man group. They are not having alternates, uh, which was something that had been discussed, but not having alternates. So Nemhard is going back to Spokane. Canada is in the same boat as Lithuania and Serbia, in which they're still trying to qualify for uh, the Olympics. Andrew Nemhard is not 
going to be shy on this uh, Canada team for years to come. Nick Nurse, who's the head coach of the Toronto Raptors, really, really liked what he saw from Andrew Nembhard. So I think he's got a very bright future in terms of that national team. The thing that I would note here with Canada is that Kevin Pangos, Kelly Olynyk, Kyle Wilcher, Brandon Clark, all of them either declined or they were not invited to Canada's training camp. But the thing I will say is that the qualifying roster is not the same as the official Olympic roster. So if one of them is asked to join or wants to join in the next month, uh, they're eligible to do so, assuming they actually win their qualifying tournament, which is hosted in Canada this week. So if Kyle Wilcher says, hey, I actually want to play in the Olympics, once they're qualified for the Olympics, uh, he's eligible to do so, and then they kind of have to make a decision on the roster at that point. Hunter Salas, we talked a little bit about this last week, but Hunter Salas was invited to the USA training camp for the FIBA U19 World Cup. He did not make the initial cuts, and since then has traveled back to Spokane for summer workouts. And I mentioned last week, and we've mentioned many, many times, that he is one of many, many players fighting for playing time uh, on that perimeter for Gonzaga. Julian Strother, another one of those guys fighting for playing time. He was scheduled to play for Puerto Rico in the U19 World Cup, just like he did two years ago when he averaged 20 points a game. He actually went to their training camp in Puerto Rico and then returned to Gonzaga. And there was a bunch of questions on whether he would play, he wouldn't play, what the heck's going on. Turns out he's not going to participate in the event. And if you kind of dig down and do some research, Puerto Rico's Basketball Federation doesn't really have the best track record of keeping their best athletes around. Their amenities over there are not great. Uh, it sounded like Julian Strother didn't really have very good infrastructure when it comes to um, you know, the basketball court that he's playing on, the the situation, his living situation, the ability to diet and eat the way he wants to. So he has all of that at Gonzaga. And so in the end, he decided to leave Puerto Rico, decided not to travel with the team to Latvia, and he's just going to get a full summer of workouts in Spokane instead. Okay, that's it for all of that. Coming up to finish the show, a couple of NBA draft notes. Corey Kispert, he just finished up at the NBA Draft Combine, so we'll talk about that. Jalen Suggs, he's all over the top five lists, anywhere between two and five. And then Joel Yai, he's been incredibly, incredibly quiet since declaring for the NBA draft. So we're going to discuss all of them along with some NBA draft props that may give an idea of where Suggs and Kispert are heading. But first, a minute to talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. If you aren't sure what flavor you want, you can try a mixed box with multiple flavors. All of them are soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy too. They are great for the health conscious guy and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Most Built Bars have 17 grams of protein, which is 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, a couple NBA draft notes before we get out of here today. Number one is that Corey Kispert had a really strong NBA draft combine over the weekend. He did not participate in any of the scrimmages, but he did do very well in the athletic and physical testing. He measured six foot six in socks. He had a 30-inch no-step vertical, and then he had a 2.99 shuttle time, which was .01 away from topping the entire camp. And so John Hollinger, who writes for The Athletic, says he probably cemented himself as a lottery pick, which is inside the top, uh, was it 14? And if you go to the draft odds online, 
The over-under for him is 13 and a half, which is right at the back half of that lottery. 14 is the Golden State Warriors, and I think that would be a fantastic fit for both himself and for the Warriors. If he falls to 14, there's teams ahead of that um, that could uh, take him as well and, and be good fits. I think the Pelicans pick number 10, if I'm not mistaken, that would be a really nice fit for him as well. So we'll see what happens, but it seems like his draft stock was in the lottery during the season and then towards the end of the season because of a couple poor March Madness performances. He dropped out of the lottery and was more in the 20 range. And now after the draft combine, he's back into the lottery. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see where Corey Kispert ends up landing. If we talk about Jalen Suggs now, he is favored to go fourth overall to the Toronto Raptors. Uh, it sounds like Jalen Green and Evan Mobley are both ranked ahead of them, at least according to the betting markets. Of course, that could change. The Houston Rockets at number two, Cleveland Cavaliers at number three. Either one of those guys could take Jalen Suggs. But I do think if he lands in Toronto, I think that's probably the best fit for him because he's already got a complimentary piece in Fred Van Fleet that he can play next to. Uh, And I'll talk about this a little bit more tomorrow uh, with my talk with uh, Locked On Raptors host Sean Woodley. But I, I think... Jalen Suggs has the highest floor of any of these prospects not named Cade Cunningham. He may not have the highest ceiling, but he's the guy that's going to come in right away and he's going to make a huge impact and he's going to be really good immediately. And so he's basically that kind of guy that can take a good team to a great team from day one. And really, that's the Toronto Raptors. They've got some pieces there. Fran Van Fleet, Jalen Suggs, Pascal Siakam, although it sounds like uh, the, the latest rumor that came out is that the, the the Raptors and the Warriors are talking about possibly trading Siakam for the uh, 7th and 14, and maybe James Wiseman. There's a whole bunch of rumors that Siakam could get uh, uh, shipped away from Toronto. But either way, uh, having Fred Van Fleet and Jalen Suggs anchoring that backcourt is a very, very good one-two punch. And I think that's the best landing spot for him um, to be successful right away and kind of take uh, some of that pressure off of him so he doesn't have to be the franchise cornerstone like he would be in, say, Houston or Cleveland, where he'd have to do even more than what would be required. Joel Ayayi, I've seen uh, late first round all the way to mid-second round, and I honestly don't know where he's going to go. But I think it's telling that he didn't participate in the NBA Draft Combine because that means that he's probably got some sort of guarantee in that late first, early second round uh, slot. I think a really good spot for him would be the Denver Nuggets, and they pick towards the end of the first round. I don't know if they would kind of reach at the end of that first round for a Yai or if a team in the early second round would be a, a kind of a better spot for him. But I do think Denver would be a really good spot in terms of style of play uh, and a spot where he can kind of come in and do what he does really, really well and kind of make an impact for a team. We're going to talk more NBA tomorrow, like I said, and we're going to talk mainly about Jalen Suggs because, like I said, it sounds more and more like he's going to end up in Toronto. So, Locked On Raptors host Sean Woodley and I, we're going to talk about Jalen Suggs, and we're also going to update you tomorrow on the show on how DeMontis Sabonis and Philip Petrushev fared in the opening game of their Olympic qualifying tournaments. That is going to do it for today's show. Don't forget you can tune into the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Bukowski. Today on the show, they're talking about the Los Angeles Clippers staying alive and making it a series again against Phoenix. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, rate, subscribe to this podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating if you will. You can follow me on Twitter at SCARGO. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. 
If you want to email the show with your Gonzaga story for me to read or any questions or ideas you want me to talk about for the rest of summer, feel free to do so. The email is lockedonzags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Tuesday. We will see you back here tomorrow morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.